0: For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. I'm so excited to have Jamie Varon on the podcast. Jamie was on my podcast want list like over a year and a half ago. I heard her on Breathe Like a Badass podcast podcast I knew I wanted to talk to her and when I was going to start doing interviews on the Center in City podcast and transition away from just having my guided meditations here on this platform, I knew I wanted Jamie's voice and presence to be part of what I get to offer you, my listeners. So I'm so excited if you aren't familiar with her work that you get to know her and maybe check her work out on Instagram. And um I hope you learn a lot about yourself, about humanity, about where you currently are in your own self-care and mindfulness journey, especially as we're entering this new literal and physical season of COVID and settle in and enjoy. But let me first give you a little bit of background about Jamie. She is a writer, designer, sitcom and rom-com lover and a digital course creator who lives in Los Angeles. You can find her giving encouraging pep talks on Instagram or writing real and honest letters every other Friday in her Friday letters. If you're interested in learning more about Jamie and her process of creating a beautiful life, you can check out her digital course called Living with Intention. All of her resources and contact information will be in the show notes, so make sure to check that out. Welcome to the Centered in the City podcast, Jamie. I'm so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I just want you to know, I have a girl crush on you and the way that you just show up so authentically and unapologetically and bold in social media. I just, and and anything you post, I'm always like, yes, like how did she say that so perfectly or capture that essence? So um, I know you are all about self-care and self-love and living intentionally. And I can't wait to talk to you today about all of these, all of these topics.
1: Well, those are all the topics I love to talk about. So I'm excited to, to dive into all that.
0: So tell me and our listeners how you define self-care.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I have two definitions. I have the kind of like fun self-care that's okay. I want to, um, you know, light a candle and kind of journal and maybe, you know, or do something really nice for myself. Maybe it's a little bit more like consumerism. Like I'm not against that, just like kind of getting into, maybe I want to buy myself something nice or that kind of thing. But then I also have, in my mind, there's a deeper level of self-care, which is like, basically I kind of think of it as like parenting myself in a way um, and just like making sure that I'm giving myself what I need and for me I have devised this way of thinking about it I don't know if I came up with this or if it's just an amalgamation of what's out there but I always think of like my future self and I'm always thinking of her and being like am I providing for my future self mostly because in the past I felt that I had especially in my 20s had given myself, my future self, a lot of burdens. Like I turned Mm. 30 and it was just like a storm of problems that I had to deal with of Mm. my own doing, you know? And I just said to myself, okay, I have to look at this differently. Um, And this was about five years ago, I'm 35 now. So I had turned 30 and it had, it was a really big wake up call for me of, okay. My past self had said with my finances, oh, they'll deal with that later, you know, like getting into debt and all of this, like that was just a problem I gave my future self. And that was just something that I kept pushing off to my future self or things like my physical health. And it's like, you have to build those things and you have to keep at them. They're very, they're consistency based. And so I just had this realization that I need to make sure that even though I'm taking care of my, I'm very YOLO, like I'm very in the moment type of person. And I'm very instant gratification. If I don't catch myself, you know, there are things that I'll just be like, I don't want to do this because I'm, I like to have fun. I like to enjoy life. But I also know that if I don't take care of this future version of myself, I'm not able to, my future self won't be able to enjoy life either. So it's like this for me, self-care is that really fun balance of being like, I'm not going to shirk responsibility, but I'm also going to give my current self what she needs. And sometimes I'm realizing that what I need is sometimes not what I need in the moment.
0: Like it's mm-hmm. sort of a long-term view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And you, you, um, have shared on Instagram, something of, of, you know, wanting to beat that instant gratification, right. And not feed that instant gratification all the time. And yet think of yourself, your future self. I have a similar term where I call it being mind forward, like mindful Mm -hmm. of how I'm going to feel that next day or in five hours or, you know, in five years, but right. How can I be mindful of myself in this moment and how I want to feel afterwards. And I think that's really helpful to kind of cut through that emotional need that we think can, um, you know, our, our emotions are always flexing and flowing. And so if we're like, oh, I'm lazy or I'm tired, right? It's like that balance of listening to that in the present moment. And then also that choice of, you know, maybe a 10 minute walk would feel really good for my body. And that's like what my future self needs or wants.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I love that term mind forward. And I think that There's just taking care of that version of ourselves that, because often what we think we need, isn't really what we actually need. And if you can look at what is going to benefit in a long-term way, because being human, I think being human is really hard because it's like, yes, you only live once. Yes. Life is short. Yes. Yes all these things are true yes live in the moment you could die in each second but at the same time it's like but also the law of averages is like life is kind of long and the days are long and you get however many minutes and hours of the day and so you really I feel like you have to always straddle the fact that like yeah live for the moment but also don't live for the moment so much that like your quality of life suffers too Mm -hmm. and like your well-being suffer. So it's like this real, it's a hard thing to straddle. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to pull out, um, and for all of our listeners, I'm going to probably pull out words of wisdom that Jamie has dropped on her Instagram page. But I love something you shared where self-care is power. You said every nap we shouldn't Take you know is a middle finger to burn out Every minute spent doing what is best for you instead of what is expected of you is a tiny revolution. Self care is power in action. Yeah, girl. Wow. Nice
1: okay. Job. Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> it's I
1: different hearing it back.
0: Yeah, what's resonating with you?
1: It's just it. It's a bit more powerful than I. I like how you read it because I don't hear it in my head that way. Um, which is cool. Uh, I just, yeah. I mean, I think that where that particular post came from was I was thinking about, you know, uh, behind me are generations of women, not just in my family, but across the world. And even still that like their time doesn't belong to them. Mm. So we're in a position where you know, things have progressed, things haven't progressed maybe to the extent that I would want them to progress yet. Like I'm kind of radical in my um, progressiveness, but like things have progressed. And I think that anytime time we keep ourselves shackled where we don't need to be shackled is like there's, progress has been made. We need to take advantage of that and then continue to unshackle people. And because these things, uh, like the way that we should live, Mm -hmm. it's a prison. We don't need to live like that. Like it doesn't ensure happiness. It doesn't ensure purpose. It doesn't ensure fulfillment. It ensures that we're going to be, you know, most likely not living to our fullest potential and joy because we're just living someone else's ideal. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I guess in that sense, even though self-care has been kind of commercialized, I think, and like turned into a way to sell like bath salts and things like that. And that that's cool. I'm all down for a bath, but um, I think it's also important to bring back that there's a real purpose and there's a real, um, there's something that's not, that has not been possible in past generations for women, which is this ability to put ourselves first and not have serious like social and social consequences.
0: Hmm. Tell us a little bit about your own self-care journey and what's inspired you to write about it and create courses on it. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear more and I'm sure our listeners would too.
1: Yeah. I think what I touched on in my twenties and in my teens, um, I think that I was really neglectful of myself out of a shame, out of believing that I didn't deserve to take care of myself. Um, you know, I've had uh, like my body has not always fit into the ideal of what my body's supposed to look like. So I felt like I punished myself a lot of being like, well, you don't deserve, you're mm-hmm. not like thin yet. <laughs> so you don't deserve to feel good about yourself. You don't deserve to do good things for yourself. And every time I would do something that felt maybe a little indulgent, it was like, who do you think you are? Mm. You're not good enough yet. Um, And I really thought in my, especially in my twenties, I really thought that like self-loathing, my own self-loathing and self-hatred was motivating. So Mm. I thought that if I, really disliked myself enough it'll finally get me to change and so I really bought into that idea and I thought that shaming like I'll shame myself before you shame me Mm -hmm. and I shamed myself in many different ways I mean part of it was body I think a lot of us learn how to do that with our bodies in different ways and then money and work and things like relationships and it just kind of came into every um aspect of my life. And I just thought that I will make myself feel so bad that it'll get me to change. And I really, I discovered that I had this belief that if I loved myself or not even loved myself, if I just like kind of thought I was an okay person, (laughs) then it would make me very complacent. And then if I was complacent, then I wasn't going to achieve all the things that I thought I had to do in order to prove I was worthy. And so if I thought that I just deserved to feel good, no matter what, I was like, but you haven't earned that yet. Like I was really hard on myself, so, so hard on myself. And I just took that as that's the way you do it because otherwise the alternative is I do nothing. I become complacent and But then I realized this whole other ecosystem that I could be in where I can feel good just as I am and then still challenge myself, still wanna create courses and books and things like this that I want out into the world because it's an expression of feeling good instead of being like, I need you to like me so I can like myself. Mm -hmm. That wasn't working because I was neglecting myself. It's like, I remember feeling like, I used to say to myself, I felt like I was like Tinkerbell that if someone gave me a compliment, it would like give me enough fuel for a while, you know, like Mm -hmm. I was really, I needed that validation. And then now my relationship with that is like, I'm, I'm touched, I'm humbled. It's nice to know that like people appreciate what I'm doing in all different aspects, but I've already like affirmed myself so many times. So like, that's not that's not why I'm doing anything. And I'm actually more motivated and more purposeful now than I ever was before thinking that if I like myself, I will completely fall apart. Mm. And then who will I be?
0: Mm. What shifted for you? Cause that's a powerful ability to reframe from being your, sounds like, you know, your worst enemy and constantly telling yourself you're not enough to then being like, fuck yeah, I rock. I'm amazing. And like, I'm going to own my superpower and what I'm here to be doing. I
1: mean, that was definitely a, uh, yeah, that was a timeline. It was not in, I I wouldn't say that was a psychic shift. Like I've had those shifts before, but what started it was, I think all the election stuff, and I don't want to get into the election, but the stuff in 2016, I think the online the, the world felt really heavy. Hmm. And I, that inflamed my anxiety in such a big way that I was like, this is not sustainable anymore. So I, I committed like 2017 and on, I was like, I am going to let go of everything that does not serve me. (laughs) And then pick up, pick back up, what works. Like I, I quit writing. I didn't write at all. I didn't do anything. I committed to getting myself out of debt because I realized that the biggest stressor was money. Mm. And so I got really purposeful. I told myself I'm going to, I told myself I will do anything in order to feel good. Whatever needs to fall away in my life, whatever needs to whatever goals and dreams need to evaporate so I can feel good, I will do it. Like I just made this commitment to myself. It was, I guess that was kind of a shift but it was an ongoing process. But I really said, I was like, I have realized that like my goal had never been to be happy. My goal had been to be good enough, thin enough, um, achieved enough, all these things. But I had never said to myself, all I care about is just being happy. And like, I realized when I realized that I was like, what? Oh my God. (laughs) Like, how have I not ever wanted that for myself? Yeah. Like, I just never thought I thought, okay, I'll be happy when I X, Y, Z things happen for me. And that isn't to say I was like miserable all the time. I don't want to paint that picture, but I wasn't fully present in my life at all. Um, And so that was a big shift where it was just like, I will do anything I need to, to feel good. And then I started to see what habits, what thinking, I mean, once you make that decision, you start to see what part of you, which parts of your life are not lining up because Mm -hmm. you'll notice it right away. Like your stomach will drop or you'll start to become stressed out. You'll start to notice these things that when, it's like when everything in your life is stressful and turned up to max volume, you can't hear anything. But once you take it all down and you say, I'm willing to do what I need to do to bring, you know, bring some more, some joy into my life and like live happily, I was like, I will make it as simple as possible. I will do, I'll move anywhere. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. Like Mm. that's how desperate I had gotten. Cause I was just like, I am so tired of being anxious and stressed out and frustrated with myself. I was like, there has to be a better way.
0: Yeah. Well, I think 2016, you know, we won't, go down that rabbit hole, but just to highlight, I think a lot of people resonated with having a, a, an awakening moment, especially women. I know a lot of women had a awakening moment of the inequalities in life, the what's not working ability to use their voice, the anxiety that they face. And, and thank you for sharing, you know, your journey. And I think a lot of people can also resonate to that treadmill in an American culture that we can get on of, of, achieving happiness. You know, once we get that job, we're going to be happy. Once we make that money, we're going to be happy. Once we, you know, sell that book, we're going to be happy. Once, you know, we have that relationship, we're going to finally be happy. And it's not ever about the destination, right? It's really about the journey. And I I love what you're saying of being able to tune into your it sounds like your mind and also your body to think about what's going to bring me joy right now. And how can I give that to myself from my present self, but also it sounds like that practicing that future self.
1: Yeah. I think what happened was really just logically seeing that, that idea of a certain thing, a certain X, Y, Z thing can make me happy. It was never going to work. Like it, it doesn't work. So Mm -hmm. it's not like I just hadn't gotten to a certain place like I had achieved I mean by that point I was like 32 I had there was nothing there was a couple of little things that I still hadn't done but it was like everything that I had put my mind to I'd done like I traveled I fell in love I had the loves everything and I was like still Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I did so much and then now And I think that it's sometimes hard to have these conversations because we often talk like people that end up talking about it. They don't have maybe lofty ambitions, but I will say I have lofty ambitions still. I want to do certain things. There are other things that have arisen based on feeling as satisfied as I do already. Like now it's just, I get to enjoy certain things happening instead of being like, I remember being there was a time back in like 2014, 2015. I think I had this, I was writing for a website, and one of my posts went like the most viral. It was everywhere. I had the friends from high school being like, hi, or like even the crushes from high school were like, hey. I saw this like based on, you know, that I, that I saw someone share this and I was like, this is vindication. And I was (laughs) so like, you know, it was all the, all the things. And I felt like, wow, this is all I'd ever wanted in my Mm. mind at that time. And after a day of being excited about it, it was just panic, Mm. panic of, oh my God, I got to write the next thing. And then I got to keep it up. And then everybody's watching me. like, what am I going to do? And I, I remember that so distinctly, because I was like, I don't want to feel this way again. I don't know how to not feel this way again. But this is not what I want. If I get any kind of success that I think I've been waiting for, because it it's not the light switch. I didn't suddenly feel like, I am so worthy, and mm. I didn't suddenly feel like I am so enjoying this. It was just okay. Now I'm panicked. Now I'm taking all these comments harshly. Everything's, you know, it just uh, everything kind of fell on top of me instead of feeling like I made it. I did mm. not feel that I had made it. I, you know, so I, that made me realize that and a lot of other situations like that made me realize that like this just doesn't work Mm. this the searching for the like if you get the exact correct configuration also it's like there's that configuration just isn't available to so many people in the world and so they're not deserving Mm. of happiness Mm -hmm. that's I don't that just doesn't jive with me I can't be I don't think happiness needs to be that exclusive Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to talk a little bit about discipline and self-care, um, because this is another really powerful post that you shared. And it's actually come up with a couple uh, in a conversation with a couple of friends and, and a couple of clients, because, you know, a lot of work that I help people with is creating these sustainable rituals and practices that help people feel more centered and grounded in themselves. And part of that is learning the practicing self-talk, right? Being our best friend instead of our worst enemy. Some of of that is more of the physical practice of a meditation practice or um, a movement practice. And this idea of discipline, and I'm going to read, if you don't mind, another one of the (laughs) genius, genius posts. So Jamie says, there's a surprising freedom in cultivating discipline. You're going to show up regardless. You're going to get it. You're going to get to it regardless. You're going to believe in yourself regardless. It's difficult to be hard on yourself about where you are in life when you're actively disciplining yourself to create a better future. Discipline is a generator of confidence and self-respect and self-trust. It seems so malicious on the surface, so restrictive, but in fact, ask any person who is disciplined. It's the opposite. It's relief, a freedom, a joy to be able to count on yourself to lovingly line up who you say you are and what you actually do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's okay. I used to be the most like free spirited. I don't want to be boring. I can't do the same thing every day. And there's a time and a place for that to not be, of course, strict on yourself all the time. But I think that when I started cultivating discipline and it wasn't even like, the thing I think people don't realize is like you can cultivate discipline by doing like one thing a week that you do every week. It doesn't have to be every single day, wake up at 4 a.m., start your meditation, have a two, three hour morning ritual. Like Mm -hmm. people are intense with like bro culture with Mm -hmm. this discipline thing. But for me, it's like, like that a lot there is something so beautiful about that alignment of I decide I'm going to do something and my actions are going to align with that that is like that's what you need
0: a Mm -hmm. lot of people
1: I think don't realize that some of why they're lacking confidence is because they're not actively showing up for themselves because it's hard to think your way into confidence I think that's Because a lot of people, especially like with self-love and confidence, the people I know struggle with that because it's, and I did too, because I was like, I mean, I'm looking in the mirror, I'm saying the things into the reflection, but a lot of times just like with a, like with a romantic relationship, words, our actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. It's the same with our relationship with ourselves. When our actions align with our words, that's a trust we've built
0: with ourselves That we girl, that is gold right there. Yes, yes, I love that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's uh when you get that that matchup, because then you're you're going just just like the way if someone is just a smooth talker, talk, 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 you don't have trust in them. You don't know Mm -hmm. if they're gonna follow through. You don't know if you can rely on them in the Mm -hmm. hard times. Now think about that with the person you're with every single second of every single day, yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, if there is a misalignment, which with a lot of people there is, and I'm, I'm not shaming anyone, I get it. It's, some, it's hard to match it all up. Mm-hmm. But when there's a misalignment, it means we're almost like at war with ourselves. Yeah. So of course our inner talk is gonna be the battle, the drill sergeant, that hard talk with ourselves. And some of that is society, it's culture. There are things that are internalized. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not saying all of this is solved by this one thing, but when you start taking care of yourself in a disciplined way too, you then can notice this is me and this is culture. This is society. Mm-hmm. This is an internalized thing versus
0: right. this and is a thing I can control. Untangling from the shoulds.
1: Yeah, like yeah. there's some things, cause I think it's, it's too simplified to say, this is just a personal journey. You can undo societal conditioning just on your own, you know, probably not, or that it's just a societal unconditioning. There has to be like, there are some things we can control. And then there's some things that society has like kind of internalized and conditioned into us. And so I just am always looking, I guess for me, I'm always looking for ways to keep myself feeling like there's forward forward momentum, so that mm-hmm. means there has to be solutions. And to me, discipline is a solution to feeling behind on life or feeling like we're not enough. Because mm-hmm. I think if you give your full effort, it's hard to think you're not doing enough. Um, I mean, it can
0: creep in, but how you call out discipline as being masculine, I think, is really essential here because. You know, when I hear that word discipline too, it feels like a have to. And I'm really Mm -hmm. not about like kind of even going back to the joy, the happiness. It's about being in tune to what brings you joy, not it being a should or a have to, because you're reading all of these entrepreneurs who say that or wellness experts who say meditation's amazing doesn't mean you have to do it. You know, like I'm very much like clear and not shoving meditation down people's throat. It has saved my life. So I'm passionate about sharing it. But that have to place. And then at the same time, you know, it's interesting because I got brought this up with a client the other day around committing to themselves. And we used the word commitment and, Mm. and we talked about commitment. We talked about discipline and they kind of both didn't land for her. And we were kind of playing with why, and she was feeling like they don't offer her freedom The idea of commitment, the idea of discipline didn't offer her freedom. And so we had to kind of, we got to play with that and and talk about, okay, well, how can you find freedom in the practices? How can you find freedom in showing up for yourself so that you are building that trust, so that you are building that um, sustainable flow coming from a place of want, not because, you know, the shoulds or the have tos. And for her, it was really this, she transitioned it to feeling feeling free so that she could have like an anchor to have flow in her day. So for her, it became an anchor point to then have flow in her day. And so that commitment kind of changed from that word of commitment or discipline to an anchor and then how she can have that freedom and flexibility it was still present. And I highlight this because for some people, the words discipline or commitment might feel triggering too, or constraining. And I think it's really important to slow down and think about what is our relationship with those words and how can we still find a word or an essence that works for us, but to still show up and build that consistency. I love what you said. That's what builds trust with ourself. And that is so essential because we need to have trust with ourselves to have our, our backs in life.
1: I mean, I don't think, I think a lot of us don't realize that a certain amount of our disconnection is from lacking that trust with ourselves. Mm. Like it does feel very, I love the idea of anchor, of an anchor, because it does feel like when you have your own back, it's like you no longer are available for like, toxic relationships, for situations that are not going to serve you for, um, you know, just any of these things that we think we need to force ourselves to like work on and deal with. It's like, it, it's a kind of like, that's a symptom, but trust is the root mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and like getting to the root. And I agree. I think discipline has been co-op, like definitely bastardized in a way Mm -hmm. um because people use it to shame people a lot I mean I know that and I think that's why I like to use it though because I like to I want to like reclaim it because Mm -hmm. there is for me the like flow and getting into it I I need a bit more structure than that um and I think that some people do too Mm -hmm. um just because I can very easily kind of like that anchor. I could be like real holding on real thin to it. You know, I need like something that actually, but for me, I'm always like anything I add into my life, the discipline isn't a way to make myself feel bad. Like I don't add something to my life because of shame. I'm not like I need to exercise because I hate my body. I go I'm going to exercise because it makes me feel so good about my body. Like I'm always going towards something. And I think that's why maybe in the past, those words might've been triggering to me, Mm -hmm. but now I see that, like, they're just tools. Mm -hmm. Like they're just certain ways for me to, because I apply them the way that I already think, which is, you know, and this is something I teach a lot in my course because I, I, I don't give like exact, like, just like you said, I'm not like, okay, wake up, meditate, wake up, journal, wake up, do this. I'm like, I'm empowering you to figure out what makes you feel meditative. Like it's cooking. Like for one of my friends, cooking is the most meditative thing for her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need to sit and listen to a guided meditation. She needs to have a moment of pause for 40 minutes to prepare a nice meal for herself. That calms her. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's that's meditative. Like Mm -hmm. going on for me, going on a walk is meditative. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have the same effect. If I'm sitting there meditating, I do that sometimes, but it's not as ritualistic. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we have unfortunately gone away from what makes us feel naturally happy. Yeah. I mean, you know, like some people, I, I get this question all the time. People are like, You know, I'm not a morning person. What do I do? I need to make myself a morning person. And I'm like, no, you don't.
0: Right. Why are you forcing your own rhythm, circadian rhythm? Like, listen to that. And I love what you're highlighting. And I wrote a blog post about this a few years ago when Obama was in presidency and he was talking about how he wakes up every morning, has the same, wears the same outfit, has the same thing for. For breakfast, you know, and Steve Jobs, same thing, right? Where is the same thing, and I think that's where a lot of that culture kind of came into more mainstream culture, where it was, it was like you need to have that exact morning routine and ritual so that you're saving brain power, energy, because you have to make a lot of decisions in the rest of the day. And I'm like, okay, cool, but I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna ask myself, like, what does my body want this morning? Because what it usually wants isn't what it might want this morning, but that practice of asking my body is what's the ritual and what's consistent, but what the outcome is might look different, you know? And so I think being able to step away from what's that prescription, right? What's the prescription for success? What's the prescription to be, you know, the healthiest version? It's like so much of that is your own wisdom and and tapping inwards to let that guide because that's what's sustainable. And it sounds like that's what your program helps people create.
1: Yeah. And I also think it's important to maybe even rewind even more and be like, but what does success look like for you? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people, they'll be like, well, this billionaire does this. And I'm like, are you trying to be a billionaire? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want, like, there's a cost to being a billionaire and it's usually well being. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, there's a cost to being. President Obama. Mm -hmm. Like that was a cost to doing that. And there was a cost to, you know, uh, maybe we're not going to hear about it, but I mean, we did because they both wrote books and there was a significant cost. And so I think that it's important also to be like, who is the source and what kind of life, like if you have a big corporate career, maybe you do need to look at people who are in those decision-making modes, but if you are really rooted in what makes you happy, it doesn't. A big life can look any number of ways. Like for some people, living in a van is a huge, amazing life to mm-hmm.
0: do. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's big.
1: and totally. it's a tiny van. Yeah. Or like
0: getting clear on it sounds like those like fear-based values, or is it like a core value of yours, something that you really want? Um, I want to. I know we're getting close to wrapping up, but I wanted to, because you and I were talking about this through Instagram and in, um, the messages. And I think it's really important as we're in this phase of quarantine and life is starting to open up, people are getting vaccinated. And this exploration of like, how do we practice or how can we practice self-care and be mindful of this transition back to the quote unquote new normal that everybody's calling it. You know, you and I were talking about it's feeling fast. It's feeling like, okay, it's, it's kind of happening to just the year. And is everybody feeling like that was just a nightmare, or was it a pause that we were really able to reflect on and integrate our learnings? Um, are people kind of feeling excited to get out again, or are people feeling anxious to get out again? You know, there's a whole spectrum. So I'd love to hear. Any insights or tips you have for people on how to transition back to this new moment?
1: I mean, personally, I have a game plan. Like, I, I have my it. boundaries. I have like, I'm not rushing out. I'm not going to, there are certain things that like make me really excited to, to get back to, but there are also certain realizations that I had over um, in 2020. So I guess my tip would be like, just with anything is, you know, don't should about it. And there might be people who on Instagram are showing that they are on vacation or doing all these things. And like, just listen to yourself. Like if anything, that was what people said the most. Like that was the thing I read about the most was that for the people who did, have 2020 as a time to slow down. There were plenty of people who didn't, but for the people who um, did have this time to slow down, I think a lot of them realized that like they were running on fumes. And I just feel like a lot of that, the running on fumes is based in just like expectations society expectations thinking that you have to be everything to everyone say yes to every happy hour say yes to every dinner and i think i'd probably caution people um that if you've really taken this pandemic seriously it you might actually start to notice that you don't even have the same social endurance you have. you're not going to have the same ability to talk for hours and hours and hours and hours like you used to or you might feel more drained or you might feel more tired and just like that's okay like we just Mm -hmm. have to let that be okay because whether people are like that was just a bad dream we actually lived through it it felt fast Mm -hmm. but it felt long and it felt like time doesn't make sense but Mm -hmm. still it's like stored in us that all of us went through something
0: and some trauma really hard and some trauma obviously some people have way more trauma than others and it's not a competitive scale either. But yeah, I love that advice of slowing down, pay, listen to yourself, pay attention to your boundaries. And it's just kind of like a, a really important time to kind of practice being intentional, right? Shift away from what was not working and be more intentional to what you know works for you in this new chapter of your life
1: yeah I think it's important to in the rush to get back to a new normal I also feel like some people have romanticized the old normal Mm -hmm. a little bit which concerns me because I'm like that wasn't utopia Mm -hmm. like I know it's easy to do that because the pandemic was so hard but there was still there was a lot going Mm -hmm. on before the pandemic hit and I I think that it's just important to, I guess, you know, probably increase the self-care, be gentle with ourselves. Like, that's my thing. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be taking it easy instead Mm -hmm. of rushing. And, you know, I don't feel like there's like, I mean, there's certain things that I feel like I want to make up for. Like, I would like to have a great summer and, you know, be much more at ease this summer. But, um, I don't know. I I guess my thing is like first it's not really over yet.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, no. let's wheel it back, everybody. Our minds yeah. are already jumping ahead. Yes, I love it. Yeah, that. like yes. we're
1: we're out there, but mm-hmm. it's not over yet. There's if we go too fast, like you know, we just had Easter and like people were hanging out, congregating. Yeah. So um let's see, you know, I feel like there might be a spike and Uh, you know, that might wake some people up, but like, you know, we're not, it's not over. There's still variants. I would caution people against being, putting a date on things yet Mm -hmm. um, because it's just going to be harmful to keep like going up and down in like the stress response. And I think that I would also let people know that what I am preparing for completely is like, once this is officially called, like, it's over, things are safe, relatively safe in a world that is unstable anyway, but relatively safe. Um, The come down might be real intense. Mm. It really might be like, Mm -hmm. there might be some, I feel like we're all still like running the marathon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's going to be something. I just know there's going to be, I don't know what, (laughs) Like I keep saying your intuition senses, something Yeah, like people keep saying, you're like, what are you going to do? What did it? And I was like, I don't even know who I'm going to be. Okay. So I can't tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm operating from this information, but I couldn't have, I could not have ever predicted if someone had said like in 2019, Jamie, there's going to be a global pandemic. You're going to be locked down. There's no way I could have known that I would have reacted
0: the way that I did. Totally. And I think just even us like talking about this out loud, um, it's like, okay, notice the mind is like catastrophizing. Notice the mind is like jumping ahead. Great mind. You're so fun that you do that. And like, let's all come back to the present moment and just be right here right now, breathing and being and listening to ourselves and honoring ourselves. I feel like that's like words of wisdom to just hold on to.
1: Yeah, this is a good time to practice. Like, don't put things on the horizon. Like, be here now. Do what you can now, and we're not out of this yet.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's
1: okay. Yeah, this is gonna be what it's gonna be. And I think the more that we can kind of ride the wave of this, the better.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell everybody where they can find you and learn more about your courses and all the goodness that you provide your community.
1: So probably the place I'm most active is Instagram. So I'm at Jamie Varon on Instagram. I also have a newsletter that comes out every other Friday called Friday Letters. I write like long form emails um, and then I have my course, it's called live with intention and the doors will be closing for that soon. But I think by the time this podcast comes out, it'll have about a week or so where it's still open, but that'll be on my Instagram too. So mostly Instagram, if you want to find me.
0: Yeah. Check her out on Instagram, such great stories and posts and authentic insight. Thank you again for sharing your light with us thanks so much for listening to the centered in the city podcast. If you like what you heard today, if you have questions, if certain comments or topics are lingering with you and you're processing them or learning from them, share with us on social media at one Wade and at Jamie Varon We would love to hear from you and continue the conversation. And until next time, stay centered.